Today on the podcast, Fresh Off All In, Joey Janela joins us. Plus, we're going to talk about All In. We're going to talk about The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. We're going to talk about Braun Strowman's heel turn and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Oh my God. And what a week it's been for wrestling. For Not Sam Wrestling, for wrestling in general. To be a wrestling fan this week, it's a fun time. I can't believe it's been less than a week. Technically, it's been one week since we last spoke, but less than a week since everything that I'm thinking about happening has happened. Look, we've got a lot to talk about. Lots of WWE stuff going down. Three pay-per-views being simultaneously hyped up. We're hyping up Hell in a Cell. We're hyping up Evolution. And we're hyping up Super Showdown. Three pay-per-views being hyped up simultaneously on WWE. We'll talk about it. You know what my favorite part of All In this weekend was? Well, there were a lot of great parts. But, you know, I was on the... There's a... On Patreon, you could do a... There's a, a Discord. Discord. I didn't know anything about Discord before Patreon, but it's like a it's like where a, a combination of a chat room and a message board, and it allows everybody that's a not Sam shill at patreon.com slash not Sam wrestling to come together and to join up in this Discord. And then you can you can chat, but the chat stays open, so it's like a message board. It's really interesting. But I was thinking that it would just be a good place because when there's stuff posted for the Not Sam Shills, I can post it in the Discord and people would find out about it. What I didn't realize was that it would become a tool for the community that is being built over there. It felt so good to open it up uh, Saturday night as I was watching All In and see the Not Sam Shills at patreon.com slash Wrestling all interacting with each other and talking about the pay-per-view as it happened. It was just really, really cool. Not something that uh, I expected, but something that I welcomed. I said something that I didn't even realize I could have or should have expected. It just didn't occur to me until I saw it and I said, this, this is what it's all about, setting up that community. Now, I'm not going to, we, we, we will talk about All In today on the show. People have asked about it. And I do have some thoughts now several days removed from the show. And there's a conversation to be had about it. If you want my full sort of initial thoughts coming off of the pay-per-view, you'll have to listen to the all-in recap show. I did it alongside a wrestler and wrestling promoter, Pat Buck. We talked about all-in and everything that happened at all-in minutes after the pay-per-view was over. And that's available only for the Not Sam Shills at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, one of this month's bonus shows, and people have asked, yes, all the old and new captive audience shows will be added to the Patreon page for the Not Sam Shills at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. But there are still thoughts about All In to be made, thoughts to be discussed, thoughts to be had, and I will talk about those when we get into the state of wrestling, as well as everything that went down on WWE this week. Um, but my guest this week, so I'm sitting there and I'm watching All In and I'm thinking to myself about what Not Sam Wrestling is. Not just this podcast, but the whole idea of Not Sam Wrestling, the content brand, if you will. What is Not Sam Wrestling? And Not Sam Wrestling is a space for me to share 
my love of wrestling with you and quite frankly for you guys to share your love of wrestling with me. But part of that means if I have access to stuff, it's stuff that should be shared. And I'm watching All In and I'm very happy for a few people who I know. I'm happy for MJF who wrestled in the opening match who I uh, have known for a, a little while uh, through Create a Pro and Wrestle Pro here on the East Coast. Um, but I was very happy for my friend Joey Janella, who I had on the podcast, uh, could have been a year ago, maybe more, maybe a little less, I don't know. But a while back, I had Joey Janella on the show, and this was when he was just starting to pick up steam as the guy who, you know, Zandig, who launched Zandig off a roof with himself. I don't know who launched who off a roof. All I know is he and Zandig jumped off a roof into some barbed wire and light posts and everything. Now, I've known Janela for a long time, but that's really where he started to pick up sort of uh, mainstream notoriety, if you will. Uh, it was amazing to see him at All In in a featured bout. It was Joey Janela in a Chicago street fight against Hangman Page. I mean, it's t a member of the elite, somebody who people are like, okay, who's, who's Skrull wrestling? Okay, who's Cody wrestling? Who are the Bucks wrestling? Who's Hangman wrestling? And Janela is the guy. And I didn't realize that was going to happen until it was announced. I certainly didn't realize it was, it was going to be turned into a Chicago street fight until it was announced. But both of those things play directly into the hands of one Joey Janela. And I thought to myself, self... What would I want to listen to this week on Not Sam Wrestling? What do I want to talk about this week on Not Sam Wrestling? I would love to hear what's going on in the head of one of the people that was involved with All In, specifically somebody who I know, and that man is Joey Janela. So usually here on Not Sam Wrestling, we have done the interview at least days, sometimes more than days, but at least a couple days before the podcast actually airs. This one, I literally completed this interview minutes ago. Minutes ago. Less than an hour ago, I completed the interview. I got it in just in time for the deadline. So if this podcast isn't up as early as it usually is for you guys on Patreon, that's because I was just finishing it. Because I wanted to make sure that we got something that was as timely and topical as possible. And I thought this was the week to get this story. Joey Janela's story post All In. So let's get into it. Let's hear it. Let's hear about the experiences of one Joey Janela. This week on Not Sam Wrestling, it's the bad boy after All In. The Not Sam Wrestling interview. Not for the first time on Not Sam Wrestling, but for the first time in the Not Sam studio. First time here, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the bad boy, all-ins, <laughs> Joey Janela is here. What's the haps, man? Uh, nothing much. Just, uh, yeah. cra cra just a cra pretty wild weekend. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, just a kind of wild weekend. Yeah. Just whatever. 11,000 people. Yeah. What's the, what's the big deal? Yeah, same as uh, VFW. Yeah, know. it's the same. Once you're in the ring, man, it's hard to even know the difference. It looked like 35 people to me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure. No difference whatsoever. <laughs> so, I mean, I you know, I talked about this a little bit, but, like, I was obviously so happy for you, and I was tweeting about it, and I let you know and everything that... that not only because you got to participate in All In over the weekend, but because of the spot that you got to participate in it. Like, 
pretty unbelievable. When you look at the matches that the elite guys had, right? The Bullet Club guys, the guys that the show was kind of centered around. Cody had the NWA championship match. Yep. With the whole story built in. You've got, you know, the Bucks against Rey Mysterio and Phoenix and, and Bandito and that sort of Mexico and legendary uh, uh, representation. You've got Okada with Skrull. And then who's the guy that ends up with Hangman? But Joey Janela. It was me. <laughs> so first of all, you found out pretty early-ish in terms of when people found out that you were booked for All In, right? I feel like you, 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 and and Penelope's uh, image popped up pretty quickly when when the talent was being announced as to who was booked. Yeah, I, um, I wanted to get Spring Break too out of the way and stuff, and uh, that was all my uh, my will and and uh, brain was going into that event. So um, I figured uh, after that, I f- figured I'd give uh, Matt Jackson a, uh, I'd slip into his DMs and <laughs> send up a little message. And uh, I said, hey, uh, uh, anywhere I can send my uh, 8x10 and my uh, VHS promo tape to you. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, man, you're booked. You're good. It was like Really? That. Yeah. That I, was like, I was like, oh, I just got to talk to the guys. I think you're good. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. And that was it. <laughs> I guess that was just like good timing, right? Yeah. It's just like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get on this show. And then, uh, you know, I've been cool with those guys for a couple of years now, but I was like, yeah, there's no way. And then, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, you're good. You, you could be on the show. That's such a good lesson about like, if you want to do something, just saying something, right? Like yeah. just, just say like, Hey, I want to do that show. Cause Right there, there are some guys that I would imagine because it's the same in a lot of professions that would sit there and go like, "Well, of course they're gonna know that yeah. I want to do all in, but they should ask me, man. They should be, they should be calling me. Don't, don't contact the booker. Wait for the booker." But in all honesty, if it's a show that you want to be at, I just sent them a jokingly message, right? And uh, I was booked within two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty wild, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they they hit me up. They said, all right, you're good to go. Now, what do you think that is? Because the last time, I feel like you're in a different world from the last time you did the podcast. Because, I mean, I remember the last time we talked on here, you were talking about PWG being, like, kind of a goal. Like, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I'd really like to do PWG. It was that long ago? It was a long time ago, yeah. Like, you had not, you weren't close to doing PWG yet. And then... Pretty quickly after it, I say not close in the sense that in your head you didn't know it was coming up. Then you end up at PWG, you're doing your own shows, you're doing, and that the buzz for you kind of built pretty quickly. What do you think it was that they were like, yeah, of course you can do the show? I think it was just a combination of a lot of stuff. I know um, the Bucks were big fans on the way um, I promoted that first spring break and the second spring break. And also, I I wrestled Cody at WrestlePro last year, and we had a pretty good match. Right, I remember that. And he became a fan uh, of me, um, you know, professionally and in the ring there, and uh, knew I had, you know, I knew I had something going for me. So <clears throat> it was just, uh, I just guess a combination of those things and uh, doing PWG every two months and yeah, killing it there and uh, just putting in hard work, you know. These guys, they're like me. They're always on Twitter. 
So <laughs> they always see me tweeting. They always see me, you know, I'm always going somewhere. I'm always putting in a lot of work. And, you know, I'm not a millionaire, you know. And this is the first time in my life I've actually had money to save and still had money to take myself out to eat every night and eat lobster. So. Yeah, is that, a, is that a foreign concept to you, to, to, to finally be in a space where you're like, wait, I'm not, this isn't hand to mouth at the moment. Like, there's more money here than I need to get to live. <laughs> what do I do with this extra stuff? Like, I just throw it in the drawer. I don't even, have, I don't even have a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I, I throw it in the top drawer of my room and just... Uh, do you take it as needed or do you get, do you consider it a savings account? Like, don't touch the money in the drawer. That's that's saved money. No, I, I definitely I, I definitely dip my fingers <laughs> in the cookie jar. If, if I'm going to uh, if if it's like a Sunday and I'm going down the shore, I definitely take a couple hundred dollars out of there. Cause right. Be spending a lot of money on some uh, but it, liquor. But 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 after a gig, you just come home and you'll be like, you'll put the gig money in the drawer. The merch yeah. money goes in the drawer. Yeah. After a gig, now it's like my fanny pack is just stuffed with like crumpled up money like as unorganized uh-huh. so most of the time i don't even know how much money i make on the weekend because i don't count it i just you just throw it in the drawer before you count it i just throw it in my fanny pack and then i take a handful of crumpled up money and throw it in the drawer and, <laughs> and then, that looks like two hundred dollars <laughs> we're good and then after like six months you're like i want i need to see how well i'm doing like is this even a good career and you show up in the drawer and you're like all right, things are going well. Yeah, not that bad. Right. I would probably have more money if I didn't spend it, didn't go out to eat every day. So, or if you, you know, were aware of it, like you'd probably have more money if you were not just crumpling it up, throwing it in a fanny pack, and then dumping it in a drawer. Yeah, I have massive, massive ADD, so I'm probably one of the most. I have some of the worst organizational skills, like you can possibly have as a human being. Right. <laughs> it's not. A, that's not your. That's not your strong suit. Yeah. So they took like a class of. Uh, of people and they're testing them to see if how bad their ADD was. I'd probably be uh, top two. You think so? Maybe Is that bad? Probably number one. Yeah, pretty pretty bad. Do you medicate it at all or or? No, no. In in elementary and high school, I took Ritalin, but not anymore. No, no after that, it was wasn't needed anymore. No. Well, plus, you're like, if I, I'd just be a wrestler. That's it. Be like, a wrestler. I can, I can do this. One day you'll have a, a drawer full of crumpled up 20s and <laughs> <laughs> be good to go. Yeah, I don't see. At some point, assuming the career continues to go well, at some point you're going to need a money guy, right? Yeah. Or do you even, like, are you a, do you, you probably think in advance about your career, right? Like where you want to be. But in terms of your life, do yeah. you think about your future? No. No. Right now, I live at home with my mom still. Really? Yeah. She was like, uh, she, she's <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> she's like, I just watched you on pay per view this past weekend. Where the fuck is the money? Yeah. I said, I got my, some money in the drawer crumpled up. Yeah, you need. <laughs> and she's like, what are you going to start paying me to live here? <laughs> no, it was, she, she's cool. I still live there. Why? I mean, dude. 20, sh- 29, living the dream. I, I still live at home. And you they say, should. I mean, they say, like, that, that's the thing about the wrestler schedule is that you can. When you're successful, you can live wherever you want. This is like like WWE guys that'll live in in Florida or Texas or Nevada or any of those states where they can save money on taxes. You're doing that, but like ten times as good because yeah. you're living rent free. Yeah, I, I live in the same room that I did growing up with the same Steve Austin posters on the wall that were on my wall in 1998, and that's honest. So if you had to in the last year. Have you had that sort of like, or even maybe this week, right? Because obviously All In was like a big 
difference maker. Like, do you have that sort of like, hey man, maybe I should start living more like a, a star. I got people coming up to me wanting to buy my shirt, wanting to get a picture, or it's just not, that's not you. No, that's not me. There was a lot of guys at the convention. They had to have Atlas security, you know, um, guide them around the convention because everyone was getting just completely fucking ambushed. Mm -hmm. Me, I was just walking around, having a <laughs> beer. Fans were giving me alcohol. So that's cool. Fans were just walking up to me, giving me $20 bills. I was just crumbling them up, throwing in my fanny pack. They would just give you money? They would just give us money, like, oh, thanks for doing what you do. It was... Real strange, <laughs> but you accepted. Oh, of course, yeah. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't want security to walk me around all the time. Free alcohol and free and money, t-shirts. <laughs> people give me their. Uh, people give me random fanny packs and a bunch of random. It's you're like wrestling fans are crazy. Yeah, you're like I'll, I'll, I'll wear this. I'll yeah, take this. Yeah, yeah whatever. Absolutely. Free everything. But if you're gonna give, you see Janella in the street and you want to give him a fanny pack. Crumple up a couple 20s, just put them in there. They're good to go already. Throw, throw it in there. I'll probably be walking around Manhattan after this. A couple <laughs> slices of pizza bar hopping. So if you see me in the streets, you just throw a crumple 20 my way. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can, you'll take it every time. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> that's And that's real. Like, that. that's real. Like, people want to believe that that's how Joey Janelle is living. You know what I mean? It's, it's the bad boy way. Right. That's it. Right. You live in your mom's house. Crumple up your 20s, put them in a drawer, move on to the next town, whatever yeah, you need to do. Most of the time, mostly every other day, my girlfriend wants to murder me because that's... <laughs> She's like, we don't have to do this. You don't have to do this anymore. And you're yeah. like, yeah, I never did this because I had to. She's kind of like a manager to me now because she like kind of organizes everything for me. Mm -hmm. Also, when I'm selling merch, like my... My T-shirts are just a pile of mat. Like, <laughs> I just I just throw them unorganized in a pile right behind my uh, merch table, <laughs> and I like someone comes up, can I get a large? And then I'm digging through the pile for about five minutes. Oh, sorry, man, I'm gonna find one. That's, so good, yeah. thing she, good thing she's there because now, at so <laughs> she'll fold the T-shirts and organize them for me. And uh, so it's not just like. You just have to, if you buy a Janela shirt, it's just whatever size I find, that's the one you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like roulette, but she, <laughs> she, uh, she, she, she also, she'll organize my money if I'm in the shower, she'll go in the fanny pack and take out my money and organize it, put it in my wallet. Figure out how much is there, figure out, that's good. Yeah, thank God for her because I'd be fucked. Yeah, it's kind of rare. I think a lot of, a lot of guys in your position, it's difficult to find a woman that'll kind of take care of you. Yep. You know, but that's what that's what you need. I buy her enough fucking food, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so, she's, well, so this is here's why it's really dangerous, right? Because like 5 years ago, it, well let's say you're 29, right? But but you have you're where you were 5 years ago in your career. It's like what the hell are you doing with your life? But now because you're successful, but you choose it, you can't, like, it's never going to change. No. Because if you've gotten successful with that lifestyle, what would possibly motivate you to change? Probably nothing. 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 That's it. It's like if, if you're in, if you're in, if somebody's in your life and they don't want to take care of you, forget about it. That's it. Right? Thank, thank God for her. She take, takes care of me. Right. And I'm doing the same thing I did five ten years ago but back then i was delivering pizzas crumpling up the single store <laughs> i'm crumpling up 20 t-shirts so well that's it's, it same shit different day just different uh surroundings and a year from now we'll check back in with you and hopefully you'll be at 50s you know that's what i mean it. that's how that's you know it. 50s 
Maybe hundreds. Yeah. And one day it'll be WWE royalty checks that you're just crumpling up and throwing into a fanny pack. Seriously, I have a few checks from some promoters that are like in a shoebox under my bed. I haven't even cashed them yet. <laughs> then they're just sitting there? Like, yeah, the wrestling, the wrestling, there's a wrestling toy company, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, figures. Yeah, 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 yeah. you got to, you have a jo you have a Joey Janela action figure coming. Yeah, they sent me money in a check and I haven't cashed it yet. It's just sitting in a shoebox underneath my bed. When did they send it to you? Like, seriously, like, almost two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what do you, I mean, if you don't have a bank account, what do you, you just go to a check cashing place? You just go to check cashing place, and uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to throw some money down on the car next week, so I'll cash it down and just give them a bunch of crumpled up <laughs> fucking <laughs> bills. Pull the drawer out That's of the it. thing throw and just everything, <laughs> throw, throw, give them a, put the, throw everything in the shoebox and right, just give just, it to them. Just hand them the shoebox, like, take as much, I, I don't know, whatever this thing is, yeah. whatever this costs. Just take it from this box and give me what's left. Obviously, it's the same way Biggie Smalls paid for his first car. Uh, That's right. Car. That's right. That's the way to think about money, it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, when you're successful, when you're making money, when you're making money, you can kind of make anything seem cool. That's it. Right? Yeah. All you got to do is figure out anybody out there that's got these lifestyles that you know people think are unattractive, just make money. That's and then it. it becomes the cool thing to do. That's it. I haven't made that much money yet compared to some of these guys, but... You know, it's pretty wild right now. <laughs> Bro, you got money in the drawer. It's not just in your pocket. That's it. It's That's like it. money in the bank, money in the drawer match. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's going to change. Uh, if I get signed one day and I win that match, I'm going to change the suitcase to a, a drawer. Yeah. You should have shirts that just say Janela's drawer, feed Janela's drawer. <laughs> Instead of feed me more, feed yeah. feed my drawer. Just like money overflowing <laughs> yeah. out of it. Need me on my knees. <laughs> just raining on me. So, so you find out, I mean, it, it takes... Two hours, a DM and a couple hours to get booked on All In. When do you find out what you're going to be doing at All In? Man, it was uh, maybe a month ago, whenever they announced the me and Page match, because they were throwing different matches at me mm -hmm. um, for months. And uh, I thought I was doing one thing for like three months. And all of a sudden, they hit me up and they're like, this is what we're doing. And were you happy with what ultimately... Do you feel like the match that happened is the match that is the best possible thing? I mean, I can't imagine how it could have been better. Yeah, I think I think that was the pat, best best possible uh, route they could have gone with me. And uh, you know, Adam Page, he's you know he's making a name for himself just like me. Yeah. Um, and he is a part of the he is a part of the Bullet Club, so um, that's one of their boys. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I just appreciate them, you know, thinking about me and, and putting me in there with him. And, uh, you know, we had a, we, we tore the house down. You absolutely did. I mean, when do you know, when you have a match like that, like, when do you know, yeah, we did it? Um, do you know I, right away, or is it when feedback starts coming in that you're like, great, it felt good, but this feedback is like, okay, yep, what I felt was what happened. Or do you just know? I think, like, after... Usually with me, it's after the first spot or so or a couple. If you know you have the crowd and you could just do whatever and you know yeah. you have them the whole time, I f that's what I felt like after we hit a few dives and the crowd was up. I said, okay, you know, were there any the races. Were there any nerves going in because you were later on the card? No, originally I thought they said uh, I wanted the episodes of being in the lead. They said I was curtain jerking, so I thought it was going to be the opener of the show. Um, I don't know if that changed or whatnot at some point. 
because they changed it to a street fight about a week before the show. So when we found out it was a street fight, is pretty much when you found out it was a street yeah, fight. Yeah, they hit me up. They said, uh, hey, we got this. They sent me a picture. We got this Cracker Barrel. We're going to change it to a Cracker Barrel Chicago street <laughs> fight. <laughs> so I said, what, is it just for an excuse just to use the, the, barrel? the, the Cracker Barrel? Yeah. yeah. Do you think yeah. that that's what it was? They were like, well, we got this barrel. Like, we can just leave it at ringside. What, what What's going to be the street fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was probably the case that they had this cool Cracker Barrel Because <laughs> I feel like them making it a street fight all of a sudden puts the match completely in your wheelhouse. Like, that's kind of in the build-up to this. Really, what, start you, what started you making a name for yourself was the crazy stuff you were doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is what gives you the potential to be the Joey Janela that's popped up on all the blogs and, and ends up going viral and stuff, right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's definitely, the, the match is definitely in my realm at that at that point. So, so you were psyched when you found out it's... Yeah, I'm psyched, but now I'm more, I, I like to wrestle now more um, because uh, even, even though I get booked all over the place every weekend... Mm-hmm. There's still people that always say, oh, Joey Janela is a guy who can only wrestle when there's chairs in the ring, when there's tables in the ring. Like, there's fans like that all over. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the street fights, the no disqualifications, ma- those, any stipulation match, you know, that's, you know, that's what I grew up loving, that stuff, the the, the craziness of the, the, the 90s and the early 2000s. ECWs to CCWs, you know the hardcore title, all that wild shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I enjoyed, and um, you know that's what I like doing. But there is times where I like to just have an awesome wrestling match with no gimmicks, n- none of that. But even I, just to prove to people that you can, right? Yeah, that's what I've been doing at Evolve. You know, I came in there, they put the belt on me in the first night, and it's just like uh, just proving to those fans that I can actually go with. The best of them, you know. A yeah. lot of people around here in New Jersey, New York, they they know the deal already. Uh, a lot of other people around the world, around the United States, they only know me as the guy who fell off a roof from Danzig, as they call him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, but at all in, this was the perfect way to showcase Joey Janela to the world. Was this stipulation, and uh, it could have gone better. Yeah, I thought it was a good mix, too. Like, I, you know, you didn't have to do anything, like, super, like, it was like, wait, 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 what's it going to do? Is it going to be crazy? It was just a good match. It was good storytelling. And then there were a couple of spots, like, uh, there was one moment when you took the running power bomb off the, the ramp and through the table. There was this moment where you turned around and looked, and it felt real, but it also felt like something the character in that position would be doing, right? Like, it, it was... He was he was running with you, and right before you took the bump, you looked behind you, and in one way it was like, oh, you're probably sizing up, like how you're gonna fall, but on your face and on your eyes, it was just like a guy going, holy shit, I'm about to get power bombed off this ramp. <laughs> so it worked, you know what I mean? It's it, it was one of those little things that it's like, it actually for me, I think, made me buy into it more. Yeah, that was scary as fuck. That was, <laughs> that was all my idea too, but at that point. The ref uh, was telling us we're already going over, so it was like you have to. Uh, it was like shit. I have to. We have to set this up, and we uh-huh. have to make sure it's good to go because in with that spot there was such little room to set up those tables. Right. Um, you know we had to get those up, and uh, unfortunately I put them too far. 
because uh, yeah, I probably probably foot of my body, probably just my head and maybe the top of my shoulders hit that table. The second and, one. Yeah, there's only one table. There was two tables, but I only I barely hit one. Right, one you went through cleanly. And then the one next to it, I felt like you just knocked your head on it yeah. as you went down. I think that made the spot all that much better because it's just like, how is he living right now? Right. I already took a burning hammer on a ladder and a cracker barrel. Oh, know? I dude. Yeah. And it's like, uh, shit, what will happen next? Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's got to be the end right there. And then, you know, you got you got a big, you know, you, big ending. You know, how, how do you top a powerball off the stage? And, and we had to figure that out it's just yeah taking that finish off the ladder at the end of the match is that terrifying or do you know how to kind of position yourself no because again that's one of those moves that like you wouldn't see in wwe because you could get paralyzed and break your neck like it's crazy yeah it was terrifying even though i also knew those tables were breaking in ridiculous ways all night so how so it was just uh you know i'm so used to being on the shitty indie shows and getting shitty indie tables that don't break (laughs) and now i'm on a show that has a massive budget and they can actually afford tables and not doors so right right they're actually getting like wrestling tables not just a big piece of plywood yeah i i tell you in the last couple years uh most of the table spots i do the tables don't break so to get actual tables that broke pretty pretty spectacular and pretty easy was a uh, god's gift but i'm not used to that so it's yeah. a luxury yeah, yeah yeah but after that i dropped that elbow through that table the first table that sh- shattered and i was like oh these tables are scary oh really so the fact that they were breaking were like these are way worse these are like these, yeah, are, these yeah. are way more scary they, they weren't breaking clean in half they were like shattering and like oh i see so parts gonna... were coming up like one cut me i did the elbow one shot right into my leg oh it was just so you're sitting there, you're not so much worried about breaking your neck. It is, I'm about to fall through these tables and I can get stabbed in the yeah, eyes. Well, yeah, we could stab me in the throat. In the right. Throat. <laughs> that was it. And you just go, here we go. That's it. No, I was me trusting that guy with my body. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, he was awesome. So you did, did you end up going over? No. Good. No. Good. That's it. Good. That's Good. It. It's over. Um, when you uh, first of all, who was like? I mean, and you can you can say as much as you want to say, but who who when you were there in charge of like booking and 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 figuring out who's going to do what and what matches? Like, who were the people doing that for that show? It was really uh, we were pretty creatively free. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, There's a few agents back there. Mm-hmm. Um, BJ Whitmer, mm-hmm. you know, agent for Ring of Honor. Um, we basically, I just laid out the match, me and Adam, and we just told him what we were doing, and that was it. I guess that's the point of the show, right? Yeah, it was uh, just to have as much freedom and fun as you possibly can. Yeah. Why, you know, being professional and having a great show. And um, I know Joey Matthews was supposed to be an agent. I don't know what happened to him. There's a, some reports, but. There's like quite a few people. I, I'm sure Dreamer and Bubba Ray Dudley help with a lot of stuff but for, too. But for you guys, it was BJ. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like we just went over our stuff, and it, that was it. Like, just told him, and that was it. And did you talk to Cody and the Bucks coming off of your match? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was the feedback like? It was great. What uh, was the What was the feeling like before the show? Like, was it just excitement? Was it nervous? Was it, I don't know what we're about to do? Not just for you, but just in general. Like, what was the vibe like in the building? Everyone knew it was going to be big as soon as you got in the building. It was, the stage was huge. Yeah. Yeah. An empty arena like that. Like, I've never been in a building, you know, that big, that in a professional environment without having, not having to pay a ticket right <laughs> be there but um yeah you just knew it was gonna be big just even the convention the day before right and just the buzz around it was like nothing i've ever experienced and uh i've been i've been around the wrestlemania weekend environment the last few years and uh yeah this was on a whole different level because i think people knew that no matter what happened that weekend that it was history and uh it hasn't been done in a very long time right and they knew where they were getting the show there was no way that show wasn't going to deliver right you know with the people on it there was there was no absolutely no way that that show wasn't going to deliver in some ca- some capacity so it's pretty much major optimism going in yeah yeah it was just it was awesome and, and everyone, we- everyone was so nice too really and and not stressed out yeah i do these shows you know i wrestle two, three, four times a week now. And uh, some of these smaller shows, you know, these guys, they just, they stress out before these shows, sweating, yelling. It's like this show has 12,000 people there and no one was sweating, you know, no one was going crazy. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was very calm, relaxed. Like you thought people would be a lot more like, oh shit. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I'm wondering, especially for guys that, you know, still a lot more conversation to be had with Joey Janela, but I wanted to take a second to talk to you guys about the fact that so many of you come up to me and you ask me for advice, whether it's about broadcasting or, or, or families, women, men, clothing, shoes. I can answer all those questions, but some of you, some of you have been coming up to me and asking me what team should you Bet on this week. I don't know what team you should bet on this week. Football's coming back. All these decisions to be made. I can't answer these questions for you. I don't know who's going to win. Some of you think that you know who's going to win. So if you have this information, here's my advice to you. Go check out my bookie. First of all, my bookie is an amazing partner to Not Sam Wrestling. So if you're going to use any kind of service like my bookie, don't use a service like my bookie. Use the service my bookie. This is what I, 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 I tell people to do this all the time. Bet with my bookie. I don't know who's going to win. But I know the best place to go if you do, and that's my bookie. Trust me, guys. They're going to be your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. Great reviews online. Their mobile site's easy to use, not to mention they have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Plus, if you're a fantasy guy, uh, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player is going to score each game. You win they pay. It's amazing. Join now, and my bookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar, my bookie is going to match your deposit if you join now. And if you use the promo code Sam Roberts, S A M R O B E R T S, when creating your account, you can claim up to $1,000 in free play. A G for free. $1,000 
free play if you use the promo code Sam Roberts when creating your account. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. My bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code Sam Roberts when creating your account to claim the bonus up to $1,000 in free play. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Now back to Joey Janela. I mean, I think I think everybody's lucky because even though it's Cody and the Bucks and these guys, it's the first time doing pay-per-view, right? They're surrounded by Ring of Honor people who have done pay-per-view before. Cody comes from WWE. Bucks have worked, you know, Wrestle Kingdom year after year after year after year. So it's like... Maybe they've never actually promoted a giant show like this themselves, but they're familiar with the environment, right? Yeah, Cody had a lot of help too with a lot of his father's friends from of the course. past. Yeah, you know, coming in and helping him and throughout the whole way. So, you know, it was awesome. You know, after his match, he jumped right on gorilla position, threw on a headset. That's so, awesome. So it was like it was definitely legendary. It was definitely wild to be part of that. And was it like? Just celebrations after the show? Was it relief? Was it exhaustion? Like, what What was it after the show? Because for me, I mean, I'll, as a fan watching the show, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I hope this is good. You know what I mean? Because I, I just started to get these feelings of, it just occurred to me that it's possible that this wouldn't be good. And that would be really bad. And then once the show started and as the show went on i was like this show is really really good this is like working and by the end you know aside from nitpicky whatever i was like this couldn't have gone better this yeah. this was amazing um what was the what, what was the vibe like from everybody after the show was over well it was real hectic at the end of that show because um <clears throat> pay-per-view time yeah because of the timing yeah but i think that just adds to the historicness of this show. Everyone, right. Everyone always talks about the way Barely, Barely Legal ended. Mm-hmm. Um, how it went off and the generator blew and whatnot. Yeah, the the, the building completely lost power like a yeah. minute after they were off the air. Yeah, and they were dwindling down the time of that pay-per-view. And uh, I feel like this just, even though the end didn't go the way it was supposed to, because pay-per-view money is expensive. Right. <laughs> um I feel like it just adds to right. what this show was and how historic it was. And uh, it's just a few guys that never did ran a large-scale pay-per-view, basically pulling off one of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. So. And the fact that that bell rang, right? The, <clears throat> you know, the, it, Literally, at the last possible minute, that bell rang. We got the ending to the last match, and it's like, we did it. 30 more seconds. And it would have been like, what the hell happened? But we got it in. Yeah, if I was that guy doing the sign-off, I think it was Ian, Ricky yeah. Bonnie, I probably would have pissed myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> it's going off. You got You're a couple seconds to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have been pissing myself. But, uh, yeah, those guys, you know, to pull off that, that match, they, that main event they did mm-hmm. um, with whatever what was going on, it was just uh, it was a really amazing match. Yeah, I guess you forget that not only – the Bucks specifically, not only are they in there worrying about their match, but this is their show. So it's not like a promoter is sitting there telling them, hey, come on, guys, let's wrap it up. It's like, no, no, no. They, it's, they're the ones that would be telling them they got to wrap it up. Yeah, I think it's just something that's going to be talked about. For a long time. For a long time. You know, you're going to see uh, 20, 30 years from now, uh, 
WWE specials come out where who knows where those guys' careers are going. Wherever Everyone on that show is going different paths. I think everyone that was featured on that pay-per-view will be very successful. Yeah, but me I too. feel like I feel like 20, 30 years from now, there's going to be people talking about the way that pay-per-view went off and the way the way it ended and just it was it was definitely crazy to be a part of something like that what's it like the morning after like to wake up and be like we, it's over it, it's over but we did it yeah it was wild i just uh it kind of at this point it kind of it feels like you know me like every weekend it's just like shit uh good job you know you did a yeah. good job last night or it's either fuck i'm bummed out because my match went to shits this weekend, but but it's know, always on to the next one. Yeah, it's always on to the next one. It's a, it's a job now. It's not like a hobby for me anymore. It's not yeah. like I'm doing a couple shows a month. It's a job, you know. You have good days and you have shit days, and you know we were all, you know, there was a little after party after we went. You know the fans were awesome, you know, um, and uh, got some sleep and hit the convention the next day, and that was. That was the Starcast convention itself was the most absolutely insane convention I've ever seen in my life. I know High Spots they run the the WrestleCon convention, and um, they used to do Wrestling Reunion, and they said that's the most money they've ever made in one weekend. Wow! In the history of that well, I company, mean, it had to be crazy because you were just getting money handed to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know Pro Wrestling Tees made six hundred thousand dollars that that's weekend. That's what I read. That's insane. It's just. I like, mean, even if like, it was just the ten thousand people that were in that building, that means they each have to pay sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, a lot of a lot of money was. I going, mean, that's yeah. yeah no, go ahead. A, yeah, a lot of money was going back into the the wrestling community's pockets this weekend. Yeah, and, and it and it wasn't from. Um, it wasn't from a big deal. I know WWE's had a lot of deals lately. Saudi Arabia, Fox. This money came from the fans, from their pockets, and it went back into the wrestling business that weekend, which was crazy to think about because it doesn't it doesn't really happen like that anymore. You That's know, a good on a point. major scale, like the money, it went back. You know, it was wrestling fans spending their money. You know, yeah, on wrestling, on wrestling, like research. It's like it's it's yeah. a, it's a wrestling economy. That's it. It was like a wrestling economy. Yeah. Now I was thinking about that last night. That's a great like, point. I was like, uh, this. It was pretty wild because, you know, it was just like, just money circling in that, that Chicago metro area, wherever. Yeah, that suburban Chicago, whatever the fuck it was, where where it was some part <laughs> somewhere outside of Chicago that there was a lot of money going Illinois. around that Illinois somewhere <laughs> in Illinois, or I would say I fucked up at the press conference says Illinois and they you all did say that booed the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, there was a headline on Cage Side, uh, whatever that site, uh -huh. Cage Side Seats. Yeah, and it was like Joey Janela. Uh, what is it? Joey Janela crashes all in press conference and mispronounces Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> that was the headline. And then a bunch of other wrestling sites picked it up too. So it was just like if I was vanity searching on Twitter, it was just me being a fucking idiot. <laughs> but yeah, it was just. Uh, but you know what? It's probably the best bad guy thing you could do. If you're going to crash the conference and talk about how great you are and everybody else sucks, you should say Illinois. That's it. Like that's it. That's heat. That's it. I mispronounce anything, everything anyway. Right. But um, that's the bad boy lifestyle. That's it. So the high spots broke a record. Pro Wrestling Tees broke a record. 
I mean, I'm, pre- I, I'm pretty sure that you could, the Bucks and Cody broke. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't know when the last time eleven thousand people showed up to an indie show was. <laughs> yeah, they broke. <laughs> they broke some records. I think almost every wrestler, you know, they've probably made more money that weekend than they've made in a long time, especially yeah. on my level. You know, just with that convention, it was just nonstop. It was insanity. I thought, I was like, what the fuck? When did I, when did I become this popular? <laughs> I vanity search every day on Twitter. I'm a, I'm a, I'm corny Mark like that. But yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. I don't know if it was just because there's a lot of people that didn't know who I was and I was on the card. I didn't know what the ingredients were to having a response like that at a wrestling convention. But I felt pretty successful and didn't feel like Virgil that day. Yeah, no. no, <laughs> no. I bet even Virgil could make some money at that convention. Oh, absolutely. With yeah. the WWE Wikipedia, uh, not Wikipedia, <laughs> Encyclopedia. <laughs> the WWE Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, with that out. Now, with the Encyclopedia out, everyone makes money because everyone wants those things signed. Right. I was, I was with Virgil in Wales, and uh, we did a convention, the Wales Comic Con. And uh, Virgil's line was nonstop. They put him right next to Sting, and they're like, "Oh shit, Virgil's here in his NWO shirt." Just go over to sign his. I gotta be honest. I, part of me feels like if I hadn't made that lonely Virgil website, I feel like making that lonely Virgil website definitely increased That's his it. line. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you might be, re- you and the Megans, you guys. Are, yeah, he, Mattel told me. The guys that, you know, Mattel made the Virgil yeah. figure that comes with the convention sign. Oh, of course, I have it. Bill from Mattel <laughs> specifically said. Yeah, I didn't know that was your site. Of course, yeah. Your site's the only reason we oh. packaged him like that. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I knew even before you did that, mm-hmm. my friend's dad was a uh, toy collector. He collected like G.I. Joe size, Barbie doll size action figures. Mm-hmm. So he'd always go to the conventions. And always there was people there like Lou Ferrigno and uh, like, you know, William Shatner and the super mega shows and the... The chiller theaters. Yeah. So when I was like 13, 14, we'd go to those shows. And uh, previously, like a few years earlier, I, I seen Virgil at a, a local wrestling match. He wrestled Van Hammer and Big Dick Dudley <laughs> for the... Triple for, Threat? Yeah, and a, nice. for, for a hardcore title. <laughs> <laughs> what a match. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was one, on video. Somewhere. One for the ages. <laughs> yeah, it's historic. I <laughs> wish it was on video. But uh, for some reason, I was just a little... I think I was 12 years old. Walked up to uh, Virgil and Owen, just chilling ringside, and just like talking to him. And he's like, "Hey kid, get me a soda. I got him a soda. <laughs> hey kid, get that's me on a- you, right? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like, oh, all right, all right. So, so I was like, oh, that what? was kind of weird. <laughs> so then, like, so then you buy him sodas. <laughs> yeah. Get kid, get me a diet coke. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. This is, Vincent is asking me to get him a Diet Coke. <laughs> Gotta do it, right? That's it. I had a couple crumpled up singles back then. <laughs> Gotta do it. That's it. Gotta open up the fanny pack, get those singles out. That's it. You're delivering, delivering pizzas? Yes. <laughs> not yet, not yet. I think it's just money from my uncle or my mom or something. Right, crumple them up, put them in the tiny little fanny pack. That's it. We're I was, good. I was buying like Japanese like FMW VHS at that time. But anyways, two years later, yeah, I see... Yeah, this is a... This is a Best of Explosion Death Matches tape signed by Onita. I probably I probably have that yeah. as well. <laughs> but a couple years later we went to a super mega show and as soon as we walk in the door I'm with my friend my two friends and his father and we hear uh we hear some guy go, Hey Joey, Joey and my friend's dad like that man, that strange man over there is calling you over. <laughs> I look at it, it's fucking Virgil. I go, What? How does this guy remember me? Yeah. And then he, I, I walked over, and then he tried to sell me his 
<laughs> eight by tens. And we were so confused. This is a story my friend's dad brings up because he's gone to many of these conventions. So Virgil was quite the, you know, the, the Fix- fixture. Uh, what do they call that? Folk hero. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Of our teens. Yes. Was Virgil at these deals and he still brings it up to this day remember the time we walked in and Ger- virgil knew who you were <laughs> so, then, so then uh so then we like no we're not gonna buy shit from you virgil <laughs> at that time we were a little bit older we realized that virgil was kind of just a jabroni so <laughs> we wanted to go buy some new like ruthless aggression brock lesnar rob van Dam of course figures. yeah so we were going to that table we were going trying to find those we don't want to fucking hang out with virgil <laughs> so at one point we lose our friend uh uh tom doyle uh, who passed away a couple years ago, but he was a good friend of my childhood, one of my best friends. And we lose him at one point. We're like, where's Doyle? Where is this before we all had cell phones when we were kids? Where the fuck is he? Where is he? So we're leaving the convention. Like, we're looking for him. He's just sitting at Virgil's table. <laughs> he was Virgil's bitch that day. <laughs> Got him, him Diet, Diet Cokes. Diet Cokes, <laughs> cheese fries, yeah. whatever Virgil wanted. So just the, <laughs> my life has gone full circle now. It's amazing. I, I'm still hanging out with Virgil and, uh, Buying him Diet Cokes. Of course you are. But now it's like, I don't know. It's got to feel different now. It's got to feel like. I should make that motherfucker buy me a Diet Coke. It's about time. That's it. Yeah. It's about time. So have you felt, I know it's only been a few days. Have you felt a, 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 a difference since doing All In? I feel like certainly brought a lot of awareness to you. You know what I mean? I think certainly the most eyes you've ever been in front of. And I, to me, I think that. On a pretty much on a global level, really, because as a show, like it, it's not WrestleMania, but it was certainly in wrestling fan communities talked about everywhere. I mean, it was the biggest thing in wrestling over the weekend, right? Yeah, I think I think uh, my girlfriend Penelope Ford, she uh, definitely reaped the benefits from this. Oh my God! Well, she had like one of the spots of the night. Yeah, and she was one of the only people that was trending alone <laughs> on Twitter. And we didn't realize that till a f- couple hours after, till we looked it up, and it w- she was trending. Like it was like she was trending worldwide. That's amazing. And she got like, she got like, ten, fifteen thousand followers in the last couple of days. Um, and we realized how crazy it was because the next day we were like, uh, we were on Instagram. She got tagged in a photo, and it was like some model from like. South Korea, <laughs> like wearing the top she wore, saying, "Oh, I Penelope Ford inspired me." It was like her and like wow. next to a sunset with like a professional picture. Wow, we were like, "Wow, this is pretty strange." And she really she she's with me evolved beyond wrestling and stuff, but she's really never had that breakout like yeah. I have yet because it's hard. Wrestling promoters are fucking cheap fucks, mm-hmm. and they don't want to spend more money on another plane ticket. To, Gotcha. So they don't want to. They're like, no. If the, if the whole act is going to cost two plane tickets, yeah, on a, yeah. yeah. It's just they're cheap, you know. They're like, uh, no, we can have a wrestle, but you know, just to have her come out there, they just think she's just eye candy and just comes out with me. But they never realize how beneficial she is to my entire act. But now people are going to want to see it. Yeah, they're gonna. I think she. I think there's a chance she's gonna get a contract before me. (laughs) But it's all good because she certainly deserves it, you know, the way she looks. She's an athlete. She was never a wrestling fan. You can ask her about um, what she thought of Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man at WrestleMania, and she would have no clue what the fuck you were talking about besides knowing who those two guys were. (laughs) But But she she, was an athlete. She was an athlete and got suckered into the business by – 
professional con artist DJ Hyde, and uh, <laughs> he's just a he's just a complete you know like just a pervy guy and <laughs> fucking complete pervert. As I say, and saw a hot blonde athlete and said, "Oh, you should sign up to my wrestling school," uh-huh. even though she was just with a friend at a her friend was trying out for the CZW school. She uh, he was like, "Oh, you should wrestle. You would be good." She got suckered in that way. Now the rest is history. That's where you met her, though, right? Yeah, I met her. So? Through all, CCW. All's well that ends well. That's it. Now, maybe I should buy DJ Hyde a fucking rack of ribs. I think so. I think so. But Speaking no, of CCW, I mean, I was at this show uh, where you killed wrestling. where It was it was Leo Rush's last match, yeah. and uh, you guys together killed the business, I was reading. Well, I killed the business. Leo Rush just took the blame for it. <laughs> <laughs> he just took a bullet for me. What was that, the... It was a power bomb off off a ladder no cell, right? Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a power bo- a, po- a package power driver off the second rope through a table. Mm-hmm. But of course, shitty independent wrestling mm-hmm. get their tables from Craigslist or some shit. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we went to drag the table over to the corner and the leg snapped. Oh, <laughs> so. I set up a ladder. I said, Leo, you're going off the ladder through the table. He goes, no, I'm not, motherfucker. <laughs> He's punching me. We're arguing on the ladder. I said, you're going. You're going. You're going. He's like, no. He's like, hold it on. If you watch the video, he doesn't want to go at all. Uh-huh. I just powerbomb right on his head off the ladder, and he still no-sells it. <laughs> like, like, it was supposed to be a pile driver off the second, and he no-sells that. But I was like, you're doing it. You're doing it. Uh-huh. So 100% my, my fault. Mm-hmm. He took 100% all the blame for it. But kudos to him. He didn't throw me under the bus. Yeah. No, look at him. He's, he's doing on, great. He's doing great. He, All the heat is behind him. You know, he's he's killing it right now. And, uh, you know, maybe one day he'll he'll no-sell a, another <laughs> table bump on the grandest stage of them all. You never know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, I see on YouTube every time, like, I, I look him up. Like, I'm watching his videos, his promos on YouTube because I don't really watch it, too. I watch, like... I watch wrestling through social media, through gifts and video clips and whatnot now, because mm-hmm. I I'm on I'm addicted to my cell phone. Mm-hmm. If there was a True Life episode, a new one. I'm addicted to my cell phone. You surely would be first ballot for that shit. You're like I can't watch TV because I got my phone. I got That's a it. That's yeah. it. I'm just always on Twitter, but I look at his promos on YouTube and like the first comments got like 500 likes. Why don't you go s- no sell a power off a ladder again? You <laughs> fucked harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and he still takes the blame for oh, it. Oh, he's a good man for taking it. That's it. It was all my idea. So, ha 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 ha, Leo, gotcha. Although, now, you know, based on what you're saying, there's this what are you going to do when, like, you're going through your WWE gifts, your NXT, your 205 Live stuff, and it's like, oh, there's Leo. Oh, Penelope Ford, now in yeah. NXT, and you're like, well. That's it. That's <laughs> how I post that picture of, uh, Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen sitting on the moon by himself all lonely. <laughs> I, I posted every couple of years. A couple of years I posted, I said, this is going to be mean a few years. And little did I know that it would be the actual truth that everyone around me would get signed. Yeah. And uh, so I, I posted it again. I photoshopped my face on Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> I said, and what, what's Riddle got signed? Oh, said, yeah. Oh, this is this is wrestling now. It's just it's just me. It's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you so if WWE, if you want to take my girlfriend... You're going to have to take me, too, because there's no way I can live on planet Earth without her organizing my T-shirts and my money because <laughs> she's like a, she's like my handler. So 
she's like, uh, basically, I should give her, I, I should give her money weekly because she's basically my real life manager. Maybe you are giving her money weekly and don't even know. Oh, I'm definitely giving her money. Yeah, twenty for me. There, let me count it. Twenty for me. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Going through the drawer and it's like, this looks a little light, honey. No, I don't think so, Joey. I don't think so. Yeah, it might be. I don't count it, so it could be very well the case. You can rob me, and I wouldn't even fucking know. (laughs) I'd just be like, "Wow, I made this much. I thought I made more, but whatever." It's a peaceful existence. You're very zen. Yeah. (laughs) So if they sign her, you know, my my uh, my life will probably be ruined. Okay. All right. Well, then I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I hope. Good things happen for her and good things happen for you, but not at the expense of each other. Yeah, I'm probably jinxing it right now. She's probably getting a call right now. Yeah, literally the 203 number's coming That's up on it. her phone and That's you're it. here. That's <laughs> it. Is that still, like, where are you at? Because I think the last time we talked, you you pretty obviously, you know, you grew up a wrestling fan, WWE fan, whatever. Like, that's the goal of, I think, and most, if not all, wrestlers, that's still the spot to be. Is that still something in your head you're like, that's where I want to end up? Or are you kind of looking at wrestling now and going, let me see what's happening here. I don't, I don't, I don't know where this business is going. As of like three weeks ago, I probably would have said, two weeks ago, I probably would have said, oh, what's your goal right now? Mm-hmm. I would have said WWE, absolutely. And if they offered me a contract, I probably would have signed absolutely no ifs, ands, or buts without a single thought of something else in my head I would have signed on the dotted line with my blood they're like all we can do is promise you that we'll put some money in the drawer yeah fine you got it that's you got it, it. what's that's it 50 year contract no problem yeah I would have signed in my blood they could have <laughs> brought someone and poke, poke my finger with uh-huh. a little needle and I would have signed it <laughs> but uh this weekend definitely is you know bringing up some other thoughts in my head mm-hmm. you can make money we're in another golden era of professional wrestling. You believe that now? That's it. Yeah. We're in a golden era where, just like uh, rap, mm-hmm. you don't have to be signed to a label anymore to make money. Right. Rappers, musicians, they just release this stuff. They release their own mixtapes, and they make money. Right. Uh, t- uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pitch a TV show to a network anymore to make money you can just put it on YouTube and you make money from that if it's good you can get an audience that's it now wrestling is finally catching up to that Mm -hmm. and you can make money as an independent contract well no matter what you're not a part of a union you're an independent contractor but as an independent wrestler as an independent wrestler you can make money Mm -hmm. if you work hard enough and build your brand Right uh, on social media, um, selling T-shirts or making like me making my own videos with John Carlo. Right, kind of raised my stock through the roof. Oh, it definitely did. I mean, it made everybody go like, okay, like yeah. the, the storytelling that you and John Carlo did through those videos was like what hooked a lot of people in the beginning. I think. Yeah, he's he he raised my stock completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I there's nobody. No, it, it's helpful that there's literally nobody doing videos like he does anywhere on the independence. That's why. I'm. He's the only guy. I didn't even shout out my mom or any of my friends on All Endor in my entrance. I shouted out him. Yeah. <laughs> I said, see you on the other side, Giancarlo. But but it was just like, I, he, he was that detrimental to where I'm at right now. And, uh, you know, I don't have a deal with Hot Topic yet, or I don't have pops. But all of that is possible. Right. Without mm-hmm. having a someone backing me, a major corporation, or... 
major money. And uh, I think the Bucks and Cody, um, those guys, you know, those guys changed the business. And, uh, you know, kudos to them. Do you look around and go like, okay, you know, you did, you've done two spring breaks and you did Lost in New York, right? You've done three shows that you've promoted as a Joey Janela show. Do you look it all in and be like, oh my God, this is what's possible? Because you do what, like 2,000? That's like the biggest show that you've done is like 2,000 people? 2,500 or 2,500 so. people? Which is pretty big for an Huge. indie show. For an indie show, it's massive. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like... My shows is also tangled in with the whole all-in thing, saying mm-hmm. these guys are also, we were all following each other on social media, like, wow, these Joey Janela shows are getting a lot of buzz. Right. We have this much buzz. Imagine what we can do. But it's also great because, like, the way messages are getting across, like, being the elite is completely different from the videos that you and John Carlo do, which are completely different from the videos that Lagana and Corgan do for the NWA. Like, they're all videos that people kind of jump on board with and watch and tell these stories but the stories are told completely differently and there's room for all of them yeah and now i'm kind of like making little appearances on being the elite it's like mm-hmm. it's like scooby-doo when they bring the fucking harlem globetrotters <laughs> <laughs> different the worlds collide yeah it's like two different camps like i'm on this side of the spectrum and they're on this side of the spectrum and now we're now the worlds are meeting it's like jason versus freddie or yeah. some shit yeah but do, you, do you like sit there after you've done this now and be like, okay, how do I get in front of that many people again? Yeah. Or do you, yeah, it was a rush. It was like a, it was. Now I know why these wrestlers, after their run is over, they're so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're doing this every week. Right. They're doing this three times a week. It's just. It was like, that was the. Besides WrestleMania weekend was pretty crazy, like when fans are coming up to you and I was at Newark Airport and fans were coming up to me and taking pictures of me and father's like, Can my son take a picture with you? Like in Newark Airport they were going all in. And that was like to me, that was like crazy. Right. It's like this is how these guys, you know, live. And I can go to I can go to my town the next night and go to TGI Fridays by myself <laughs> and be that guy eat a all cheeseburger alone. and people are just looking at me like who's this fucking bum with the fanny pack over his shoulder <laughs> yeah. eating, eating a cheeseburger with sauce on his face super an acid washed jeans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's this guy this guy must be a, a dweeb you know, I was just wrestling I was wrestling twelve thousand people two days earlier yeah. No who's one knows the, that. Who's the nerd with mustard on his T-shirt? Yeah. If that was me, and if I was eating at TJF Fridays in Chicago that weekend, I would have had the meal paid for, and and people would have. Of course, they would have been tipping you instead of the waitress. That's it. <laughs> they would have tipping me, and so it's just it was wild for sure. And I, 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 you know, there's only one place your career can go after is up. I'm never gonna be somebody that's like some of these guys. They just one one chapter ends in their wrestling career and it's over. Right. You're just going to keep on going because once you once you reach a certain level, I feel like, and I'm not at that level yet, not at all. I feel like um, the only place you can go is up. You know, you're kind of set as mm-hmm. long as you keep on working hard and uh, you never be lazy or... You just keep building on what you've got. Just keep yeah. building on it and building on it and building on it. Guys like uh, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo. Yeah. That guy's had a career for what, twenty years now? Yeah. With no end in sight. That's it. He just goes 
to the next company, and he were, now he works for like three companies. Right. Because he just builds on it, builds on it, builds on it. I'm sure that guy has a couple million fucking dollars by now. Surely. And uh, I'm sure once everything's said and done, he's ready to go back to WWE to surely take him back. He still looks like a million dollars. And I feel like guys, like, you just had to, you got to, guys should really just, like, you know, watch a guy. Like, he's just, he's had a career the whole time. Yeah. Hardy Boys, wherever they went, they had a career. Right. Van Damme, wherever he went, he had a career. You know, it's just, uh, but I think J- Johnny, John Morrison, uh, John Heineken is really the, a real prime example. Because, you know, guys like Carlito and mm-hmm. that, you know, you, after WWE, where did it happen? Yeah. You'd see them pop up on big indie shows and whatnot and do a tour, but go back to Puerto Rico or do a little tour in Japan. But they just... They're not working every weekend and whatnot. It's just like that guy's a prime example. Once you make it there, I feel like you can, you can kind of play a game of chess. And as long as you never become lazy, you can always make money somehow in some way in the wrestling business. Yeah, man. Well, I love watching the Joey Janela story unfold in front of us. Uh, I mean, you can you can catch Joey. On the East Coast Indies, when he's around, you know, around the Jersey shows, of course, uh, PWG, you're becoming a regular, or have kind of become a pretty regular fixture yeah. at PWG. You got the Janela shows that pop up, you From know. Game Changer Wrestling. They're right. really changing the game right now in New Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I only, I heard, I wasn't able to go, but I heard such good things about the Lost in New York show. It was, that, it was wild. Yeah. It was certainly a wild show. Um. And uh, I think before, um, I think before all in, in like, the numbers they said the numbers were pretty great for a loss in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not comparing them at all to all in because those numbers are probably astronomically insane. Right. When it comes to buy rate, but for an independent small independent company from New Jersey, we did pretty well. Yeah. With the loss in New York uh, pay per view, but um, well, let's figure out how to get some of the money from the pay per view so that it it. it takes up more than a drawer that's it pay pay me more money motherfuckers that's right it's happening joey uh thanks for sharing uh all your experiences with us of course uh your twitter is janella baby is that right janella baby i kept it that way since the beginning yeah keep it there forever janella baby on twitter keep up with joey janella if you can and uh thanks man you won't you won't be able to (laughs) because if you do you'll probably have a seizure that's right Thanks, man. (laughs) Seed Geek, you know how much I love Seed Geek. They help you so much. It's Seed Geek. Yeah, Seed Geek, everybody. By now, they've helped out so many of you. They've certainly helped out me countless number of times. It's Seed Geek, one of my favorite companies that helps support Not Sam Wrestling. So you should help support them. Quite frankly, they're supporting you by offering you a service unlike anyone else. They're amazing. It's SeatGeek. Football's back. SeatGeek. Smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're looking for football tickets, whether you're looking for wrestling tickets, concert tickets, comedy tickets, Broadway tickets, it's SeatGeek. Nothing but SeatGeek. Doesn't end with sports. They got everything you need. Don't ever miss a live event. You don't have to miss all in. You don't have to miss Hell in a Cell. You don't have to miss Evolution. You don't have to miss any of these shows. Because you got SeatGeek. Here's what SeatGeek does. They give you the best deals 
anywhere. They get all the information from all the ticket sites you can think of. They bring them together and they find the best deals for you. You download the SeatGeek app on your phone. I have it on my phone. I've checked this out. That's how I know how it works. You get that SeatGeek app. It, you, you give it location services or whatever. It knows the events that are happening near you. Okay, so you can scroll through. Oh, I didn't know that was coming to town. I'd like to see. Let me see. Machine Gun Kelly's coming to town. Maybe he'll do the Eminem diss song. I want to see it live. Luckily, it's on SeatGeek. Everything's on SeatGeek. If you're looking for a show, you just type it in. You click the show. It's going to show you a seating chart. That seating chart is going to tell you exactly where the tickets that are available are. It's also going to color code the tickets so you know which tickets are best valued. Meaning, if you just want to get the best seat in the house, no matter what, SeatGeek has your back. If you want to get the best deal on a ticket, SeatGeek has your back. They're fully guaranteed. You're always going to get exactly what you're promised to get 100% of the time. Best of all. As if you needed more influence. Not only are you going to get the best deal, you're going to get the best deal minus $20. How's that, you ask? My listeners, the Not Sam Wrestling listeners, get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's right. All you need to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. That's S-A-M. Promo code SAM for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Here is Sam Roberts. How funny is Joey Janela? And it really is true. You know, I'm not just saying it to blow smoke. If you are successful in what you do, if, if you go out to achieve a goal and you achieve that goal successfully and you're making money and you're gaining a buzz and you're, you're, you're gaining notoriety, then guess what? You can make living with your mom cool. You can make having a drawer full of cash instead of a bank account cool. And that's what Joey Janela is doing. That's the bad boy lifestyle. Being 29 and living with your mom. It's not a problem anymore. Because Joey Janela is making it cool. Congratulations to any of you out there that might be living the same life. Uh, Really cool in this moment of his life to have Joey Janela back on the show. I really appreciate him making time for us. Uh, I know that if you're downloading this podcast on the day it comes out, Thursday, he's headed down to Orlando for uh, the War Games event that MLW is doing. Uh, He's getting ready to do the Evolve show. He's going back for PWG. He's super, super busy, but on his day off in between uh, Chicago and Orlando, he made the trip to the Not Sam Studio here in New York to be a part of this show. So definitely hit him up on Twitter and let him know how much you appreciate him being a part of Not Sam Wrestling. It really is cool. And of course, uh, the video will be up at youtube.com slash Not Sam. If you're a Not Sam shill on Patreon, you can see the video right now because uh, if you're on patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling, you get to watch the videos the same day the podcast gets dropped. A lot to talk about in the state of wrestling. Um, You know, it's really great what WWE is doing with Renee Young. And this isn't the state of wrestling. And the reason why I bring it up here is because it's not one of the top five news stories that Renee Young was on commentary for the second time this week. Back on uh, commentary doing a full episode of Monday Night Raw, it was Renee, Corey Graves, and Michael Cole. And instead of putting out a press release, instead of making a big announcement, instead of saying, this is the second time a woman has done a full episode of Monday Night Raw, blah, 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 blah. 
They just simply said the same way if Booker T were filling in, the same way if Sean Mooney were filling in. They said Jonathan Coachman is uh, not here this week, on assignment this week, instead Renee Young. And the idea being that it would appear that Renee Young may be the full-time fill-in for Jonathan Coachman. And that's not because the announcement, hey, she's a woman, and look, we have a woman on Raw. Now it's just she's our third commentator, and she's the one that jumps in the booth when Jonathan Coachman isn't here. And I think that that's the best strategy you can possibly have. It's like WWE is not trying to get every single point that they can possibly get. Hey, look at what we're doing. No, it was... Renee just made history, and then after that, Renee is just doing what Renee does best, and that's broadcasting. And so I was double happy. I was happy to see Renee Young in the booth, and I was happy to see Renee Young treated as an equal. I just thought it was a very, very strong move, and it was the right way to handle the fact that she was back on commentary. Um, So very, very cool, and congratulations to Renee Young. It was also cool to see the Bella Twins back on Raw, uh, both of them, although... I don't know why Brie was on Raw. You know, Brie was on Raw and SmackDown. Brie is wrestling at Hell in a Cell in a mixed tag with her husband. Uh, do the Bella Twins have the same deal as John Cena where they're free agents? Are they allowed to go brand to brand? Are they just coming back for Evolution so they're only going to be here a month so it doesn't make sense to make them brand specific? I don't know. But I would love some clarification because to me, if you've got two brands, split them up and and stick with it. So, you know, I, w- I would associate Brie with the SmackDown brand. And I haven't seen Nikki on SmackDown, so I would associate her with the Raw brand. Cool to see them tag up. Confusing to know what brand they're on. Also, Brie, great with the knees, great with the kicks. No more dives. And I think we'll be good. Um... But great to have him back. It was cool to see the Bellas um, once again on Raw. And again, I I mean, I think they should be a part of this conversation. You know, I I think that, first of all, I think that the Bellas should absolutely, no other, to me, no other wrestler, no other superstar has been able to transition from the Divas uh, uh, era into the Evolution era the way that Nikki and Brie Bella have. Nikki Bella, specifically, because she was wrestling when Brie wasn't, but both of them. You know, I think it's really impressive the way the Bella Twins are able to go from being the queens of that era of uh, divas and move into this new women's evolution era to the point where, like, you're interested, right? The, the, The match was announced. It's the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey taking on the Riot Squad at uh, the uh, Super Showdown in Australia. Huge match. Mega match. And the fact that the Bellas and Ronda Rousey are teaming together, mega, mega, mega event. Uh, I thought it was really... I, I'm I'm predicting a, a Bellas heel turn. It felt like that's where it was going with the promo on Raw. And I really enjoyed that. I like the subtleties of it. If you need any help with anything, if you need any help with running a business, it was like Nikki was patting herself on the back a little too much to not have a couple tricks up her sleeve. And I really, really enjoyed that. I'm intrigued by what the Bellas are doing. Personally, I think that the Bellas should embrace divas. 
I think that if we're going to turn the Bellas heel, let's do it. And let's have the Bellas and Maria Kanellis and who knows, maybe Mickey James, some of the old guard, Maurice, that would sit there and say like, how, you know, there was a lot of great stuff going on in the Divas era and we're going to show you that you, maybe you shouldn't have evolved, maybe whatever, whatever language you want to use. I like the idea of the Divas coming back as, as heels, right? The Total Divas. It's The show is still called Total Divas. I think it's a fun idea. Personally, I think it's a fun idea. All right, fun ideas aside, it's time to move in to the fun top five stories of the week. Here they are. It's this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Yes, it is State of Wrestling time. And of course, you can watch along. The video is posted exclusively for the Not Sam Shills at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. If this face is one that you want to see, that is the place where you're going to want to go see it. It is time for the State of Wrestling, the top five stories in wrestling, according to yours truly, the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Now this week, I'm very confident in my five stories. I think these are the five stories to cover. Story number five is all in. Now, uh, we're not going to completely dissect the pay-per-view because we did that already. Yours truly and uh, Pat Buck, we went on Patreon right after the show and did a bonus show. It's an hour and change. You can listen or watch the uh, all-in reaction show at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. The bonus show is posted there. However... I thought about it a lot this weekend, this week, the whole time. And story number five is the questions that we're left asking coming out of All In. Specifically the questions that I am left asking coming out of All In. Number one is what's next? There's no doubt in my mind, as successful as this show was, like let's let's be honest, even removed from the show, it was, I think, even more successful than I thought it would be. The show itself was this great, compelling show. And I've seen on Twitter, I don't exactly know what the argument is, but there are some people that think that the wrestling media was co-opted and that, you know, it wasn't because, um, I guess the wrestling media didn't get a fair shake at getting interviews because most of the interviews went to the people that were at StarCast or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But regardless of what was happening with the wrestling media, the show was a great show. I don't think there's any denying that. There were a couple hiccups here and there, you know, little details that could have been hammered out a little better. The timing of the show, the timing of the show was fine, except that they ran out of time in the main event. The show felt great until five minutes before the show ended, you could hear somebody on the outside of the ring yelling, we got to go home, we got to go home. And the show literally ended just as they were going off the air. Like there were a couple little things that you could change. But beyond that, it was a hugely successful show. I, I, I think I gave it like a 95-5 positive to negative ratio. Uh, and based on how well the all-in boys were able to do pay-per-view for the very first time, there's no doubt that there will be more. The question is where? Where would you do another all-in show? For me, somebody... I, I've heard things like Greensboro, North Carolina, which you could do. You know, kind of uh, do it around Christmas time for Starcade, something like that. I think it's got to be after Christmas because it's already September. That's only three months away. I think the next star. Uh, when 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 do you do the next All In? You know, because 
December is probably too soon. Maybe February? Because you can't do it in April. You can't compete with WrestleMania and Ring of Honor. You would that probably the Ring of Honor New Japan show probably could have been all in two. But instead it's a Ring of Honor New Japan show. So all in two can't happen in April. I would say February is the earliest it could happen. It can't happen at Madison Square Garden because Ring of Honor and New Japan have already claimed Madison Square Garden for the next show. And to do it there either before or after would lose a certain je ne sais quoi. So where do you do it? I have two thoughts. February, I would say either Atlanta or Los Angeles, California. And I think Los Angeles, California might be a a good bet. And here's why. The next all-in show needs to not only capture the wrestling fan, right? Because the first all-in show did this great job of getting the wrestling community talking. The second all-in show needs to go beyond the wrestling fan and start to get the attention of mainstream. If you were a wrestling fan... You couldn't go anywhere without talking about seeing, you know, the conversation about All In followed you everywhere. But if you're not a wrestling fan, you could easily avoid it. I think the second All In needs to be something that goes beyond wrestling fandom and something that hits mainstream. I think both Atlanta and Los Angeles are places where that could happen. I think Los Angeles is the place where it could happen even easier. I was having a conversation with somebody and they said, what do you suppose this means for WWE? I don't think this means anything for WWE. I think this means that that there is more wrestling out there. I wouldn't even necessarily call it an alternative to WWE. There is additional wrestling out there. There's different wrestling out there. But, you know, I don't buy that you're going to... I don't think you're going to watch All In and be like, okay, well, now I got my wrestling fill. There's no wrestling fill. Wrestling fans just want to watch wrestling. If... The boy, if the All In boys put together a television show every Monday night from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., then that is walking on WWE's territory. If they were running pay-per-views the same night, if they were running towns that were nearby, then there would be competition. But nobody's watching All In instead of Hell in a Cell. Nobody's watching All In instead of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. They're watching it in addition to, which I think is important to note. If anything, All In has the potential to get people who weren't necessarily interested in wrestling back interested in wrestling because it's so unique and and fun. And if that happens, people are not going to be satisfied with just one show. They're going to want to go beyond that. And when they want to go beyond that, where are they going to go? To WWE. You know, I think that there is a version of this where if the all-in model continues and those guys keep doing shows, it actually shows a positive, a net positive for WWE. So I don't think WWE is in trouble. The question is, if Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks realize that they do not need an organization to promote the shows that they're on, if... Marty Skrull and Adam Page say, okay, all of us together, the elite, we can just run shows as the elite. We can have guys that work for us that run these shows, but what if we could do shows 
that were based on the talent that was at the shows instead of the organization where the talent works. You know, we had Joey Janela on the show this week. What if, you know, he, he promotes his own shows. They're in conjunction with GCW, but Joey Janela's Spring Break. You go to Joey Janela's Spring Break because you're a Joey Janela fan and you trust the product that he's going to put out there based on his matches. You now trust Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Marty Scurll and Adam Page. You trust the elite. You trust Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? When you put these guys on a show, you don't necessarily need an organization, which leads me to say that ultimately, All In could be more trouble for Ring of Honor than it is for WWE. And here's why. Ring of Honor in the last year or so has made it clear that they are the American territory where you can find the elite. They are the American territory where you can find the Bullet Club. Their partnership with New Japan has done big things for Ring of Honor. But that is the basket they've put their eggs in. They've got a handful of guys. Dalton Castle is injured. They've got Punishment Martinez. They've got uh, Jay Lethal, of course. The Briscoe brothers are still doing their thing. But in reality, in terms of building the biggest stars in Ring of Honor, nobody is coming close to Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, to Marty Scurll, even to Adam Page, due to his association with the Elite. If Ring of Honor were to lose the Elite and the Bullet Club, what does Ring of Honor have left? Does Ring of Honor have enough left after the Elite is gone to put on content that is as compelling? I would say no. I would say that because Ring of Honor has concentrated their shows around main events like Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega, around the Young Bucks being there, around all this stuff, that if the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and Marty Scurll and and the Elite, if they stop doing Ring of Honor shows because they just want to do their own shows, well, I think their own shows are going to outdraw Ring of Honor. As a matter of fact, I don't know if Ring of Honor is going to be able to stay in business without these guys because these guys are the guys that they've put 100% of their stock into. So I think that Ring of Honor needs to be very, very careful because Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, the Elite are setting themselves up in a position where they're the ones with all the chips. What's that? They have all the power, right? Because they don't need an organization, but the organization needs them and that's going to leave the organization in trouble. So... That was my thought, that if any, and maybe, maybe it'll be a net positive for everybody involved. I'm not trying to be negative, but if any organization is in trouble due to all-in, especially long-term, I think it's not WWE, and if it's anyone, I think it could be Ring of Honor. Time will tell. We will see. But that's what left me thinking. As I said, you can listen to the uh, all-in wrap-up show over on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash wrestling. Story number four is tag teams on Raw. Raw seems to have completely restructured their tag team division. On Raw this week, we saw Bobby Roode and Chad Gable as a team together for the first time. We saw a new tag team champion 
which is the team. By the way, I always say tag team champion. I think it's, it's, it's odd when people say the tag team championships are on the line. It's one championship represented by two belts. In my head, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler have the tag team championship, not tag team championships. It's the championship, and it's represented by those two title belts, right? That's the way I see it. So Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, high profile, by the way, tag team champions, but they're both champions. That's why you would say champions, if that makes sense. I think. I think. I'm working on my championship grammar. Um, Now, I think that the reason that Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre are the champions is because they want to make the Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre into an even bigger deal. I mean, think about it. All the titles on Raw now, all the men's titles anyway, are associated with that show, that program. Seth is the Intercontinental Champion. Roman, the Universal Champion. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, Tag Team Champions. All That's the biggest storyline on Raw now based on titles. But still... New tag team champions, new tag team, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, and a fresh start for the Authors of Pain with, uh, 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 I keep wanting to say Rockstar Spud as their manager, Maverick, whatever his name is, Rockstar Spud as their manager. So, Drake as their manager. So, um... I guess we'll start with the tag team champions, as I said. I mean, I, I don't know what's more to say about that. I think that it, it is a good choice. Um, the B team is super fun, but I get why they're doing what they're doing. They're, they're, I think this move makes Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre into an even bigger team, and it makes the tag team championship more important because now it's being placed on men that are involved in the main event of the story. So I think everybody is heightened and everything is heightened because of that move. So I think that that's the right move. Now, the Authors of Pain, um, you know, I'm confused as to why Drake is wearing the uh, Authors of Pain gear. I think it's a funny visual for sure. Um, I, I hope that they expand that role. You know, I think we were left with more questions than answers after we saw that union formed on Monday Night Raw this week. But that might have been by design. You know, I, hopefully over the weeks we will get our questions answered. But anything that is going to make the Authors of Pain into a dominant team, I am for. I think that the maybe the reason why they haven't done as well as one would have hoped since they got to the main roster, maybe it's because they didn't have Paul Ellering anymore for whatever reason, and their mic skills were not great. Something happened with the Authors of Pain where they lost the trust of the people who are decision makers. That's very, very clear if you watch the show, but it would appear based on their dominant performance that there is a trust in the authors of pain when they have a proper manager with them. And I think that uh, Spud is a great, great manager. So I like the pairing. I just, I'm not sure about the gear yet. I will let you know next week what I think about the gear. The last uh, shakeup in the teams was Chad Gable and Bobby Roode as a tag team. Now, here's what I'm thinking. I thought they were fun together. You know, I liked them doing the glorious thing. The entrance was good. I think it's good news for Chad Gable in the sense that he's getting some spotlight on him. I believe I've read on the internet that Jason Jordan is either ready or close to ready to being to coming back. 
to coming back to Raw. Now, the question is, what is he going to do? Of course, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan have a history together. I think we should have Jason Jordan come back and like just come out one night and interfere in a match featuring Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, leading people to believe that he's going to join them. But then Jason Jordan and Bobby Roode turn on Chad Gable. That's what I would do. I think desperately Bobby Roode needs to be a heel. I think he could be a great heel. I think he could be a top heel. And I think that this is a good way to get him there. I think that Chad Gable, there's a lot of love for him. Uh, same way, you know, with Becky Lynch, obviously. I think if you turn Chad Gable heel, you would risk people cheering for him. Because I think on some level, people people believe that Chad Gable has all this potential that has not even come close to being realized. You know, I'm not sure why the American Alpha were never really utilized as a proper tag team on SmackDown. But I do think that we should be given a few weeks to really get to love Bobby Roode and Chad Gable before Bobby Roode turns on him and heel Bobby Roode alongside bad guy Jason Jordan becomes a tag team of their own. Eventually, Kurt Angle can return. What are you doing, son? They lay out Kurt Angle we end up with Chad Gable and Kurt Angle versus Jason Jordan and Bobby Roode. That's where I would go with this thing. I saw it as as full of potential. Some people might have seen it and said like, oh, that's just a throwaway thing. That's something they're trying. No. We look at everything for the potential that it has, okay? Jason Jordan comes back. Chad Gable thinks that they're friends. Uh-uh. Beats up Chad Gable. Bobby Roode beats up Chad Gable as well. Jason Jordan and Bobby Roode are a bad guy tag team. Kurt Angle says, what are you doing? Jason Jordan beats up his dad. Bobby Roode helps him. They do some kind of dual finisher to him. Before they can pull off the dual finisher, here comes Chad Gable to help Kurt Angle. Who doesn't want to see a Kurt Angle? If Kurt Angle's going to return for another match, who doesn't want to see a Chad Gable-Kurt Angle team? Now, I think there is a version of this that you can stretch this out until WrestleMania, maybe. But realistically, I think this is probably a Survivor Series match. You know, I think that this is a match for Survivor Series. And then maybe if Kurt Angle's going to have another WrestleMania match, you give him Jason Jordan singles, father versus son. But do the tag match at Survivor Series. Money to me, I think it's a good idea. Number three, speaking of tag team matches, mixed match tag coming back for a season two. I think this is good news. I don't know if you guys watched Mixed Match Tag, um, but I thought it was a good show. And the reason why I thought it was a good show is because it didn't rely heavily on storyline. It almost existed into a universe uh, on its own. Mixed Match Tag was about as close as you'll get to seeing people behave kind of like they do at live events. You know, on Mixed Match Tag, it really felt like the superstars were having fun. It was just about the match and having fun. The little storylines that were happening throughout were really just kind of a goof and, and kind of having fun with the way the fans reacted to things. Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss ended up stealing the show. Miz and Asuka is just a great team. I hope they win again, although Asuka is no longer undefeated, so that's certainly not a given. You know, I, we saw Carmella and R-Truth on SmackDown. So that right there is a commercial for how good Mixed Match can be. And by the way, 
Leave it to R-Truth. Now, people were saying, like, R-Truth is the greatest because he got himself on SmackDown in the main event. You know, after all these years, R-Truth is still performing at this level. Not only is he performing at this level, not only was he in the main event of SmackDown, but R-Truth turned Carmella babyface without you even realizing it. Carmella's a good guy now. Carmella has embraced teaming with R-Truth. Everybody loves R-Truth. Carmella hates what Maurice said about her. Maurice is a bad guy. Everybody hates her. R-Truth just turned Carmella babyface right under our noses. And we're accepting it, which is tough because Carmella was really established as a bad guy. So the idea that she could now turn around and be a good guy, that's a difficult thing to pull off. Who can pull that off? R-Truth. Uh, I'm excited about Mixed Match. I think that you should go out of your way. If you haven't seen it yet, go on the WWE Network and check out the last season. I think this is going to be a fun season, fun thing to watch on Facebook. Uh, see the performers just going out there and having a good time, wrestling good matches, um, and and these tandems that normally wouldn't happen. You know, as I said, Braun and Alexa, as you know, you, husband and wives teaming up all over the place. I think it's good. I think it's going to be good. We'll see what Bobby Lashley and Sasha Banks do together. Um, Hopefully dominate. You know, maybe we'll see another side of Lashley. Lashley's been doing some weird stuff. Lashley being ready to sing with Elias, and it cost him. Being ready to perform yoga with Jinder, and it cost him. So, you know, I, I hopefully he'll stop letting bad guys convince him to do things because every time he does, he ends up getting jumped. But clearly there's a side of Bobby Lashley that likes to entertain people. And that's the side that I'd like to see uh, at Mixed Match Challenge. We move on to story number two, and that is um, a checkup on Braun Strowman's heel turn. Now, it's official. I'll tell you, I do like that they're not playing the in-between game. You know, I do like, and I saw in the Discord room, somebody said something about maybe this is Shades of Grey Braun just doing what needs to be done. No, Braun Strowman is going on a full personality change. I don't like how completely different it is. I don't like that three weeks ago he said, I'm a stand-up guy and blah, 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 blah. And two weeks later, he's doing a promo in front of an audience that says he doesn't care. He doesn't give a damn about any of them. Like he went from stereotypical good guy to stereotypical bad guy over the course of three weeks without having a real reason. Like, Roman Reigns spent months complaining that he was getting screwed out of title matches, and he never turned heel. Braun Strowman is complaining about getting screwed out of title matches and getting jumped, which is happening, and now all of a sudden he's a full heel. You know, I'm not... The road to get here is flawed. But I respect that Braun Strowman is going full heel. Now, clearly... They're really trying to establish this. I thought that the beginning of Raw probably should have looked a little more like the end of Raw. You know, I don't understand why uh, Finn Balor, for instance, would be coming out trying to separate The Shield and Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. And you might say, well, that's because, you know, he was instructed to by the acting Raw general manager. And I'd respond to you and say, you mean his arch rival, Baron Corbin. So he just listens to him for the first segment and then challenges him to a match in the second segment. I didn't know why the good guys were out there 
trying to separate this fight, except maybe to just make it seem like it wasn't a biased thing. Uh, but I liked the end of Raw. I thought it was a fun end to Raw where you had all the bad guys out there. It reminded me of Royal Rumble 94 when every bad guy is piling up on top of the casket that The Undertaker has been thrown into by Yokozuna. And it just is like, yeah, these are all the bad guys. And of course the bad guys get along because they break the rules. They understand each other. They all want to stop the good guys. Um, That doesn't bother me. It certainly makes the Shield look like good, 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 good guys. But here's what I want to happen. Next week on Raw, I want the Shield to just start kind of invisibly tearing through the locker room. I want, like, opening segment, somebody's supposed to come out. He's getting called out by uh, 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 Baron Corbin or whoever. And he can't make it out, and then we see him laid out backstage. And throughout the show... The heels are just getting laid out and are not responding to what they're supposed to be responding to only to find out that it is in actuality the Shield getting their revenge against everybody who came out and attacked him. And that means attacking Kevin Owens and that means attacking who knew how evil Drew Gulak was. That's how I knew that the Shield were supreme good guys because supreme bad guy Drew Gulak was getting in Roman Reigns' face. I tell you, right under our noses, very low-key, Drew Gulak is becoming one of the top heels in WWE. Without telling a soul about it, why was he at Raw? 205 Live is taped on Tuesdays. Why was he at Raw? Because he's a bad guy. Because he's a bad guy. And when you need a bad guy to come out and stop a good guy, he's the one who's going to do it. Good for Drew Gulak. I like that anybody who's on 205 Live is that established in their character. He is a heel. He is a bad guy. He wants to win the Cruiserweight title. He wants to stop the Shield because he's evil. Bad guy. Bad dude. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I thought, you know. I mean, we'll see how it goes. You know, they did do what I hoped that they would do and presented the Shield this week like a unified front. I think that that's going to help people cheer for the Shield. And completely established, two weeks ago, we were sitting here wondering if the Shield were good guys or bad guys based on what they did to Braun Strowman. We know exactly the role that everybody is in coming off of Monday Night Raw. And speaking of Monday Night Raw, we go to our number one story. What was the subtext of that Shawn Michaels and Undertaker segment on Monday Night Raw. Now, first of all, I thought it was a great segment. I wasn't entirely sure of it. Shawn Michaels was out there, and he was okay when Shawn was by himself. But once The Undertaker came out there, first of all, that Undertaker entrance, and I tweeted about it, will do it to me every single time. There's simply, there may be nothing better in wrestling, no singular entity better than the entrance of The Undertaker. The glass shattering for Stone Cold is amazing. The for Hogan, awesome. Lots of great stuff. I think that The Undertaker's entrance would just never be beaten in terms of attractions to go to a wrestling show. You know, it just there's just nothing like The Undertaker's entrance. I was trying to like go like, it's The Undertaker, let me roll my eyes. Couldn't do it. Goosebumps. 
riding up and down my arms when The Undertaker came out, and I didn't expect it, and they gave it to me anyway. I thought The Undertaker's promo was super strong. I thought Shawn Michaels turned into uh, a much better performer when The Undertaker was out there. And maybe that's because that's when he was performing, right? And I think that Shawn Michaels, before The Undertaker came out, was just kind of shooting the breeze a little bit. Once The Undertaker came out, that's when things got serious. And that's when you realize, like, oh, Shawn knows what he's doing. Shawn Michaels can come out and shoot the breeze. But when it's time to get serious, Shawn gets serious. Now, the question is, were they hinting at a Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match? I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I don't even think it was intentional that that would be in people's heads. Because if it was intentional, it wouldn't be very effective at what they were going for. I think they were trying to take a moment to remind everybody of how badass The Undertaker is. They were trying to take a moment to remind everybody that The Undertaker is an unbeatable force. And he's the one that destroyed Shawn Michaels' career. But if that segment were about planting the seeds for a Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match, I think that if, if that was the intention, then the intention ran the risk of distracting from the real purpose of the segment, and that was to promote the Triple H-Undertaker match at Super Showdown. At the end of the day, that's what that was about. And quite frankly, as much as I would like to see a Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match again, I would far prefer, if Shawn was going to come back once, I would far prefer to see Shawn Michaels versus Tommaso Ciampa at NXT TakeOver than I would Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, although you wouldn't catch me complaining about Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. I just don't think it's going to happen, and I personally don't think that that was the purpose of that segment. I don't think that the purpose of that segment was to... I, now, intention versus result are two different things. I think people left that segment wanting a Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match. And I don't think that that was intentional because it doesn't make any sense for it to be intentional because that's not what is being offered. What is being offered is a Triple H-Undertaker match. Uh, I'm anxious to see what Triple H does uh, on Monday Night Raw next week. It's, it's really fun the way they've been building up this match and watching them simultaneously promote Super Showdown and Hell in a Cell, and Evolution. Now, I think right now, the way I would rank them in terms of promotion is Super Showdown, then Evolution, then Hell in a Cell. Problem is, Hell in a Cell is coming before either of those two shows. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if that is going to be a fault, if it's going to make it so that people are less interested than Hell in, in Hell in a Cell. Um, I think on, on Raw... Hell in a Cell is being treated like a third show. And on SmackDown, Hell in a Cell is being treated like a main show. SmackDown, they're, they're concentrating on the mixed tag with uh, Miz and Maurice and Brian and, and Bree. They're talking about Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. They've, they've got all this stuff. Whereas on Raw, I'm pretty sure the only match that we have is the Hell in a Cell Universal Championship match. Which I'm sure that we will start hyping up more next week when The Shield is standing on their two feet again. But in the meantime, watching Raw, I'm far more excited about and, and knowledgeable of Super Showdown and Evolution. But, you know, we still got some time, folks. We still got some time. That's going to do it for this week's 
Not Sam Wrestling. I appreciate you all being here. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash not Sam Wrestling and see if you want to become a Not Sam shill. I hope that you do. Either way, we will see you next week right here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, a.k.a. Not Sam Wrestling. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.